Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for forecast analysis and what to expect moving forward. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're going to talk about industrial real estate, warehouses, logistics. We're going to talk about manufacturing and look at what happened in 2016, what to expect moving forward in 2017 and beyond. We're going to talk about some of the factors impacting industrial real estate, talk about some opportunities that uh, you might find in industrial real estate around the country. Please welcome my first guest is Barbara Denham. Barbara is Senior Economist with Reese. Barbara, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Well, Barbara, how did 2016 shape up in the U.S. industrial market? Uh, 2016 was a great year for warehouse distribution and flex R&D. Net absorption was close to 100 million square feet, which is a slightly less than it was in 2015, but very, very strong. Vacancy rate overall declined from 10.8% to 10.4%. So of all the property types, I have to say the one that did the best in 2016 was the warehouse distribution flex R&D space. And what did you see for our rents in 2016? What was the trend there for rental rates? Rent growth was pretty strong. Uh, you know, in general, industrial rents don't go up that rapidly. But last year, rent growth was 2.1%, but that includes 0.7% just in the fourth quarter. So there was this big surge at the end of the year. Okay. So the sector in industrial that did the, that proved the best was distribution and warehouse. Was that from yes. e-commerce? Yes, there was a big uh, impact on e-commerce. It's definitely affecting the industrial sector. And we're seeing it across the country. Every single industrial market that we track showed positive occupancy and positive rent growth. So you're seeing the e-commerce uh, impact everywhere. And where do you see in the, the markets around the country that uh, are, are really getting some great growth? Um, I would say the best markets are, um, you know, the... Um, San Bernardino in California, San Jose, Atlanta, Chicago, and Houston are still doing well. Um, you know, even Kansas City and Nashville are doing very well. So, uh, you know, it really varies. It's, uh, generally, the general rule is the larger the market, the better they did, yeah. um, uh, just okay. because of, you know, the accommodation and the preference of uh, uh, industrial uh, industrial companies and shippers to be in these locations. Right. So Florida did very well. Um, Orlando and Jacksonville and Tampa did very well. Good, good. What about 2017 and moving forward, Barbara? What do you expect? We, our forecasts are very uh, bullish for industrial. We see another uh, 100 million square feet of net absorption coming ahead in 2017. Um, we see uh, construction in the same ballpark last year there was um over 70 uh, million square feet uh or sorry 7 billion uh, 78 million square feet of construction we see a very similar pattern next year about 78 million as well and we see net absorption of um over 100 million so we see the vacancy rate climbing or declining to about 10 percent rent growth likely we see accelerating a bit to 2.4% next year. Hmm, okay. And did your forecast change any, Barbara, with the election results? I think uh, the election results surprised a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We've seen the stock market uh, doing extremely well. We've heard the, the maybe some rhetoric and some of what the Trump is going to do. Forecast change any for industrial? Right now, we have not changed our forecast based on the election impact. Um, a lot could change with the industrial market. If there is a trade war, 
um, things could really have an impact. But we don't think that impact would hit for a number of years, and we still have not determined what, if it would be positive or negative whatsoever. Um, so, no, we haven't changed the forecast. They're still assuming positive employment growth, continued growth in e-commerce, and um, better logistics overall. Okay. So what is the number one factor that you see uh, impacting industrial real estate? Probably uh, this e-commerce. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been growing year after year after year. Amazon has just been on a tear, and they seem to, you know, besides doing their own businesses, they offer third-party um, fulfillment centers, so they're handling the shipping and the warehousing of other companies as well. So you see tremendous employment growth in some of these markets where Amazon is building a huge uh, fulfillment center, and we don't see that slowing down any time in the next two to three years. Okay, so the growth in employment uh, impacts industrial real estate because these people shop and then the, their goods have to be warehoused and delivered? Is that the how that rolls? Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, the better the economy is doing, the more people are shopping and consumption goes up. So that's, that's you know, there's definitely a positive uh, correlation there. But I was looking also at the transportation, uh, or sorry, the warehouse and distribution employment itself, and I'm finding that that job growth um, in that one industry has been growing at a faster pace than any other industry uh, in the, uh, in the ca- you know, higher than manufacturing or business uh, or health care. Okay. We're talking with Barbara Denham, with Senior Economist with Reese, about industrial real estate. So, Barbara, what do you guys think about onshoring, about some of these companies bringing back uh, their manufacturing uh, to the U.S.? Have you seen much of that in the last last year and the last couple of years, and what do you expect moving forward? We have not seen any impact of that on um, our warehouse and distribution space. We've seen more just... Uh, you know, the, the Panamax impact has certainly had an impact on the Florida markets and the South, South Atlantic markets like um, Charleston. So there's somewhat of an, uh, an impact from the expansion of the Panama Canal. But, um, you know, I read a lot about the uh, onshoring and bringing back manufacturing jobs here, but I don't think that's going to have a huge significant impact on the warehouse distribution in, uh, in industry, mainly because it's related to trade and so even if the manufacturing moves back here it's not going to be a huge jump in that um in that type of business and they're still going to need the warehousing space right so industrial it's been a hot investment market so what were the trends you saw for cap rates in industrial around the u.s last year cap rates definitely declined um, there's definitely, it's a niche market, so you don't see a lot of investors getting into the warehouse and distribution as an investment as you do other things, because a, uh, a lot of investment uh, investors in general need to know more about what they're doing. So there's, there's people that will take risks on the apartment market, but not the office market. And rent growth is, is positive, and it's, um, it's healthy for an industrial, but it's not like you know, the surges you're seeing in the apartment market or can sometimes see in the office market. So cap rates have been falling, and it's a very solid uh, asset class, but it's not been tremendously, uh, it, it's not fallen at a really sharp rate. It's just steadily declining. What are some sample cap rates uh, that you've seen? Um, you know, generally speaking, we're seeing, you know, 6 to 7%. Um, but, again, we're not seeing much 
drop or increase. And a lot of it is, is uh, transaction dependent. So you won't see, if you, even if you see volatility uh, in the trend, it's because, you know, a very high-end property traded one quarter and a number of low-end properties traded the next. So it's hard to really get a sense of the cap rates when it's very driven by whatever transactions traded that quarter. Right. Good point. Another factor, I guess, the impact cap rates moving forward will be rising interest rates. So mm-hmm. what is your expectation for cap rates for industrial real estate moving forward, considering your analysis of, of forecasts of how industrial is going to perform, and then the thoughts that, or your thoughts on how interest rates may adjust in the next year or two? Yeah, well, we're, we're taking a very cautious outlook on, on things like cap rate forecast because, yes, if interest rates go up, that means financing goes up, which means the purchasing price of a, of a building or a property will go down, and that means the denominator is lower, so cap rates will go up. However, if it is truly inflationary and the economy is growing rapidly, that means that rents will go up and net, net operating income will go up, which is in the numerator. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not this um, kind of knee-jerk reaction that as soon as interest rates go up, cap rates go up. It's a very mixed bag. If interest rates go up, you might see more transactions. You might see more transactions in riskier properties, and that might raise cap rates, or you might see more transactions in high-end properties, and that would lower cap rates. So we're not seeing a tremendous uh, – we can't say for sure that higher interest rates will translate into higher cap rates. What we do foresee, like most people, that interest rates will go up. Yeah. So I guess what you're saying is that uh – maybe flat cap rates moving forward um, for industrial real estate. If interest rates rise and income rises, it's a favorite asset class. Well, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. We'll talk more about the industrial real estate market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to the Industrial Market Update and Forecast for 2017. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Please welcome my next guest, is Stephen Marks. He's Managing Director with Fitch Ratings. He's joining us on the phone. Stephen, thanks for being with us. Michael, thank you very much for having me. Well, Stephen, I'm always curious about the REITs because it's a great avenue for people to have some of the benefits of commercial real estate uh, in their investment portfolio. So how did industrial REITs perform in 2016? From, uh, from a, a total return standpoint for the, for the stocks, they, they, did, they did great. They were one of the best performers in, in the entire REIT space in 2016. And really for the last 12 months, they returned a, had a total return of around 35%. Wow. And that compares to the the broader REIT space was in the low twenties, and you know, the S and P five hundred was in the mid twenties, and so it was that uh, they were definitely industrial was definitely the shining star last year. So industrial REITs have really beat the, the entire market. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. They were they were one of the best performers. Okay, so what do you expect moving forward if they had that kind of stellar performance? What do you expect for twenty seventeen? Well, in, in terms of overall property performance, we think industrial. Uh, will be one of the best performers uh, in 017, much as they were in 016. And, and the drivers of that are, are multifaceted. One of the first, first drivers, or one of the drivers is that 
uh, the slow and steady U.S. economic growth and strong demand for Internet retail sales. Fulfillment space uh, generally had been a source of demand for, for industrial real estate. Uh, also, supply remains pretty well in check, due mostly to stricter bank, uh, bank construction loan standards, which have limited the amount of, of merchant building, and just broader discipline, especially by the REITs, around their development programs. Right, and you mentioned the lack of new supply, but it seems like new supply is, is really jumping up now. You know, we uh, have had industrial uh, developers on the show for, for many years, and, you know, you didn't hear a lot about spec for a very long time, but now you're hearing, ah, we're doing a lot of spec. So there, is there any concern about the, the level of new supply coming online, or are we, do we need it? De- de- definitely concerned, um, but the, at least in, in 016, Pretty much all that supply was was taken up by demand, and so the the market does to, to appears to be pretty much in equilibrium, um, and and even still I, the market probably is in favor of property owners, um, in the sense that there's there's much more demand than there is supply at this point. But but you're right. I mean, industrial is one of the sectors that that because it's relative to to virtually any other asset class, it is one of the more easy ones to to develop, uh, in in the sense that it's you know just to simplify it, it's really four, four walls and a roof. Um, whereas, whereas other asset classes have, have more complexity around them, not, not to simplify it that much, but it's, right. it, it, it's one where, and also that it's sort of the ease of development and also um, how quick you can develop too. Uh, the, the, the development cycle is for an industrial is you know, six to nine months tops, uh, which, is, which is well inside of most other asset classes. So it's, e- it's easy to develop. So, and when there is demand, it, it's easier for developers to, to more quickly address that demand by putting new supply out in the market. Right. Now, you know you're going to get contacted by some industrial developers, right? It's like, it's not that easy, Steve. It, it's not. I, and again, I don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean to simplify it. It's, more, it's, not, it's, it's not an absolute. It's more of a right. relative to, to more complex uh, asset classes that are you know, multi-story, uh, require more, more entitlements and so forth. Right. And you mentioned online sales. And, and when I think of REITs, and I want your thoughts on this, when I think of industrial REITs, I think that they're going to own a lot of the very large buildings that are fulfillment centers that, that do have these wonderful tenants that are growing uh, with online sales. That they're going to own a lot of that as, com- as compared to, you know, smaller warehouses and things that, that might have uh, less growth in demand because online sales is, is still growing, right? Online sales are, are growing are growing at a fast clip, and that, that's really where the, the – the dramatic incremental demand has been coming from have been the fulfillment centers. Also, on the flip side, uh, it's created it's created demand because of the, the return cycle. When a customer returns returns something, it's got to typically go back through a a fulfillment center as well. And so that has created some demand. Um, having said that, that the smaller, more infill, closer to an urban center, the, those properties, by, kind of by definition, can't be as large. Uh, as a huge box, and so there's there's demand for those too. Stephen, is there anything in your outlook for industrial REITs that uh, causes any concern? I think our, our one concern, and I touched on it a minute ago, is, is development can can get a little out of hand, and we, and we did see that during uh, heading into the last crisis, where we're looking at overall development exposures were 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 really, really big uh, and far and away that the biggest in, in the entire REIT sector when we look at the cost to complete relative to the overall size of a company. That, that cost to complete was big. Uh, to your point, you mentioned before that there's a lot, a lot more spec building in this asset class than in others. 
so that would be the one place where, where you can see uh, supply demand get a little bit out of whack on the supply side. Um, and so that's something that we are that we are watching closely. Okay. Yeah, we always want to watch supply. What about President Trump? Is there anything that he's doing that might impact industrial real estate and therefore industrial REITs? Well, this this uh, this border border tax concept um, could, uh, on the margin, restrict uh, restrict the flow of goods, um, which may which may negatively impact industrial. That's probably probably the the biggest thing uh, that that may hurt it. On the flip side, to the extent that that he's he's clearly pushing for more uh, more employment and 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 trying to stem the tide of, of job loss out of this country and, and keep jobs here, uh, in particular maybe in the middle of the country as well, which is his you know seems to be his his voter base. To the extent that there are new incremental jobs created in those markets where there's not a lot of industrial. Uh, supply at this point that could create a need for industrial more in the middle of the country. So that, that that's that there are definitely some shifting sands, and of course, in real estate location is is the most important thing. So it really depends on 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 where these assets are located and where the jobs are created. Right. So of all the REITs that are out there that own the different property types, and and as most people know, a lot of these REITs are most of them are, are property specific. Uh, they're in an area of expertise. Uh, that they have. So, of your outlook for all the REITs for moving forward for 2017, is industrial uh, have the best rating? Uh, well, for for the fundamentals, uh, we definitely think that that Pro 17 Industrial will have some of the best fundamentals in terms of looking at same store NOI growth. Occupancy occupancies uh, are at are at even higher than multifamily occupancies, up into the the mid to high 90s at this point for. Uh, Industrial. So, from a fundamental standpoint, we we definitely view it as one of the stronger asset classes. Uh, we also have to focus on how companies are funding their development, how how leveraged they are, what what are their views around liquidity and capital management. So, even though they may have good good uh, real estate fundamentals, they may not have quite as strong uh, capital capital uh, capital or financial policies. And so that that may be why our credit ratings may not be as strong for these companies than for for some other asset classes. Okay. If the listeners and viewers want to get information on how you guys are rating these REITs, how can they uh, get to that? Well, they could go. They could go right to our website, uh, fit, FitchRatings.com. Um, is one way to do it. I think. I think my my contact info typically gets posted. Um, you know, on on your website as well. So folks are always always open to, to reaching out to me to talk about not just industrial but but other sectors. Right. Quick tip for listeners and viewers related to industrial. Um, I think that the, the quickest tip or the thing the thing to be most careful of is probably probably uh, tracking tracking uh, demand more than anything. That that that's the biggest thing because uh, what happened during the last crisis was that the supply was clearly there. That, that many markets got oversupplied and demand really evaporated quickly. And and a lot of markets were overbuilt. A lot of companies were were exposed on the development side and because they they missed timed and misjudged the, the amount of demand that was coming on. Stephen, thanks for joining us. Great information as usual. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. 
Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Are you in commercial real estate brokerage? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking industrial real estate. Please welcome my next guest is Larry Callahan. Larry, CEO of Patillo Industrial Real Estate. Larry, thanks for joining us in Studio One. Glad to be with you again, Michael. You know, Larry, it seems like the growth of the industrial market has been incredible. Uh, and what do you expect moving forward for industrial real estate? And what are some of the factors that are impacting it? Well, the big story continues to be e-commerce. Uh, that's the, the part that everybody's focused on, and it is huge. Um, the uh, people are uh, seeing the impact of it, and you're seeing some numbers like this. The um, e-commerce sales grew about 11 percent in 2016, and the same-store sales in department stores dropped about six percent. Wow. So there's clearly a transformation going on, and you know, everybody knows it because when you come home at the end of the day, you're seeing you know, UPS or FedEx or somebody has dropped boxes on your front porch uh, that you know, your significant other has ordered, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they're showing up day in and day out. But it's a huge shift, and uh, there's a lot of activity, and everybody's talking about it. It's not the only thing that's going on uh, in industrial real estate, but it is certainly the part that's most visible and it's given rise to the very large buildings. The most active segment of industrial real estate for the last several years has been buildings in the million square foot range. And a million square feet, not everybody knows what a million square feet looks like. It sounds like a lot, but what it looks like is about 20 football fields <laughs> under one roof. Wow. And that's a lot of space under one roof. And yeah. Uh, these places are beehives of activities. They're a little different building than you know the industrial building of. of and how of many past. of those are single tenant? Um, virtually all of them are single tenant buildings. Um, and by the time they get around to deciding they want to go somewhere, um, they're in a big hurry to get in. Mm -hmm. And what that is giving rise to is a lot of speculative million square foot buildings. Yeah. <laughs> going up in the market and there's you know a bunch of them out there uh, so it is one of the big drivers that's going on so it's a it's a huge thing it's not the only thing there's another thing that I think before is you a, move on to that mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a moment mm -hmm. a question I have for you is kind of the last mile I mean so you can't build these million square foot buildings really close to to these major cities right and in, in a lot of cases so is there also some industrial growth in, involving the last mile the buildings closer oh absolutely and I think that's the next trend so I think you yeah, great question mm -hmm. Um, the million square foot deals are still going to be out there and the infrastructure for serving regions are there. But that last mile is difficult to serve. If you've got a, a building that has been set up and it's a million square feet and it's going to serve a you know, two-state area, a 400-mile radius, which is what a lot of them do, it's difficult when somebody orders something in the morning. If they order dog food in the morning and they want to get it that afternoon, it's hard to get it from 400 miles away and get the whole processing. 
So what a lot of the companies are doing is putting smaller distribution centers closer to where populations are. And that's the next trend that's happening because everybody kind of thinks that you know, Amazon doesn't do anything but million square foot buildings, but they are actively building and, and developing a network of smaller buildings that are designed for that last mile. And what ranges are these buildings in size? I, you know, I don't know if I know enough about it to know their whole range of things, but I have seen buildings uh, that, that the e-commerce companies, you know, such as Amazon, uh, or are pursuing in that two to 300,000 range. Uh, whereas for years, you know, their whole strategy seemed to be focused on this build out 50, 60 uh, million square foot buildings all around the country, and they did that. Yeah. Uh, but now you're seeing them coming into different places, them and others in the e-commerce world, coming into um, a smaller building. Now, you know, a 200,000 square foot building is still, you know, four or five football fields under a roof, but, yeah. but still, but that is more of those type buildings is what you're going to see, I think, as one of the trends here in the next year or so. Well, where are you putting a building that size, Larry, that is close to, to a major city like that, in a dead mall or something? I mean... Well, we've actually seen that. Yeah. That's a, a good point. Um, but it, it may not be a mall. It may be a strip center. If you think about some of these strip centers, and clearly retail has been challenged here for quite a while. And there were many strip centers that went, um, went under, re retail strip centers where uh, it just didn't work, and they shut the whole thing down. Well, you know, they're fairly large footprints with a lot of parking there. Some of them can be repurposed, and some of them will be simply knocked down and put back into an industrial use. But you need to quite a, a bit of, of acreage for that, right? Uh, you do. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're looking at a, a hundred a million square foot building, you're yeah. going to need about a hundred acres. Yeah. You know, even if it's more of a two hundred thousand square foot building, you probably need 20, 20 acres or so. Yeah. So, what are some other factors that are impacting industrial real estate, Larry? Well, um, there, there's another trend that I think is going on very quietly, which is simply that. Um, the, the scale of business has continued to evolve to you know, a, a larger size. Economies of scale is what the economists refer to it as. And you know, we've just seen um, existing customers are, are at the phase now where we're starting to see expansions uh, of existing buildings. And you're seeing existing customers that are in a 150,000 square foot building needing to move to a 300,000 square foot building because their business has just expanded that much. So I think that is another trend that is fueling a need for more modern buildings, smaller than the million square foot. And I think that's actually been very lacking in many markets in terms of the real estate community putting that out there. The speculative buildings that have been built recently uh, have tended to be in that very large 800,000 million, depending on which market you're talking about, but they've tended to be there. There have been relatively few people putting up 200,000 square foot new buildings. But there's starting to be a very strong demand for that. And the market we're in right now is simply robust. Yeah. And vacancy rates in many markets, not just the market that, that we operate in, we operate throughout the southeast, but uh, we're seeing record lows in vacancy rates. And that's a signal to the market that it's time to start putting some new uh, product out there. Yeah. So do you expect new supply to increase uh, moving forward? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's already a robust market with, uh, with new activity uh, coming out of the ground. Um, different markets, uh, the, our core operation, we're based here in Atlanta. Uh, we're seeing record amounts of new construction uh, coming along in, in Atlanta. Um, and it's been that way for the last couple of years. Yeah. 
Um, one of the things that's changing, though, is we were very cautious coming out of the recession, and everybody, rightfully so, and they were probably encouraged by their bankers to be cautious. <laughs> so most of what was going up was actually um, you know, build-to-suit uh, buildings. So you'd see activity starting to spurt up to a higher level, but it was mostly build-to-suit activity with you know, very cautious move into uh, speculative. Now, I'll take the Atlanta market as an example, um, the, the activity that's going on right now is almost 80% um, uh, is, is speculative. Spec, yeah. And that's a shift because if you go back a few years ago, it was you know, 60, 70, 75% build to suit activity. So we're now, um, maybe, maybe the animal spirits in the economy are finally starting to take off. The bulls are getting ready to run. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know you like that term. That's right. Uh, what about a tip, Larry, for a tenant that is going to need industrial space, uh, need to grow, or maybe it's a startup, but uh, a tip for tenants? Well, we've, we've always encouraged people to think about their expansion, you know, to, to, to go after a building where there's a possibility of expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I think is, is kind of shifted in people's thinking is they were always thinking about expanding the warehouse itself mm-hmm. or the manufacturing plan if it was manufacturing. The thing that they're more and more finding is that they need expansion in their truck courts right. and their parking. And these e-commerce thing, that's one of the things that's so different. The big buildings that they're building are often having to be either build a suit or um, a speculative building that's focused just on e-commerce because they need so much parking, both for the trucks and for the number of employees that are coming in there. Uh, the e-commerce uh, not only has a lot of activity in there, but they also have um, peaks of activity where they need even more uh, going in there. So the demand for industrial buildings, I think, is going to shift uh, more toward wanting uh, facilities that can expand their truck courts and their parking uh, as much as the building itself. Right. So we're seeing bigger footprints now. All right. All right. That's a good tip. And one of the things I think a lot of people are curious about is a Trump presidency. And what does that mean for the economy? What's it mean for industrial real estate? So stay with us. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We'll talk about that with Larry Callahan. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. My producer says my name is Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking industrial real estate. My guest is Larry Callahan. He's CEO of Patillo Industrial Real Estate. And Larry, I think one of the things that our listeners and viewers and uh, are curious about is this Trump presidency. You know, is what does it mean for the economy and what does it mean for industrial real estate? And of all the things that he that he's saying he's going to do. Uh, or trying to do, uh, what is the one that you think could most impact industrial real estate? Well, the one thing I can say for sure is it will impact you. (laughs) Uh, And that um, there are a lot of plans that have been talked about, and uh, and they affect major segments of the economy, the tax code, um, Obamacare, and a revision probably rather than a complete repeal, there would be some sort of replacement or revision to it. Uh, the, the tax code as it relates to tariffs and uh, bringing things in the country and an attempt to revitalize manufacturing by putting up barriers 
uh, at the borders. These are major issues, deregulation, major issues. Now, talking about them and getting them done, even when you have a Congress that is your party, are two different things. Um, for instance, the tax code can have a major impact on us, and people are you know, quite uh, appropriately paying attention to that, but there isn't yet a plan out there. And it won't be something that will be, you can't tweet a new tax code. So it's going <laughs> <it's gonna> to take a little bit of work to work that through. It's a major piece of legislation, and it affects everybody. You know, just talk that tax rates for corporations may be lowered from you know, the current maximums in the, the 30s down to 20%. Well, that's a major thing that can you know, invigorate the economy and invigorate companies and produce higher profits and more investment. Uh, so all those things are good things. Um, those that are predicting it, and, and I'm not an economist, but I read a lot of you know, the economists, but those that are predicting this are saying, okay, if, in fact, you lower tax rates and, in fact, you deregulate certain industries that have had more controls on them and you provide less controls, and you start a program of major infrastructure investment, you know, in the order of $100 billion or, or more a year, um, that will have a tendency to stimulate the economy. So I think a lot of people have adjusted to the possibility, and we have a president who is stating that his objection his, I'm sorry, his objective is to try to move the economy along faster. We've been through seven or eight years of uh, an economy that was struggling to try to get to a 2% growth rate. And 2% is not terribly robust, uh, and the new president is saying he would like to see 4%. Well, talking about it and getting there are two different things, but he is attempting to do that with things that he has talked about. If he is successful in doing them, and we have uh, a more robust, and we have more stimulation, this could be a very good thing for the industrial real estate segment, and probably every real estate segment. Yeah. There is a lot of talk that, you know, we've had a long run here of expansion. We're at record levels for uh, vacancies are at lows, construction activities are at high, leasing activities are at all-time highs. And everybody starts worrying when everything's are robust. Right. Right. Well, is the next thing going to happen that you know something goes the other way? Yeah. Well, if in fact these things that are talked about that will stimulate the economy and infrastructure spending, most economists will tell you is one of the best things you can do. If you're talking about roads and bridges and things like that, that will actually ease the flow of commerce. So those could be great things for the economy. And they won't happen today or tomorrow. The tax code won't change today or tomorrow. And you won't invent a replacement for Obamacare overnight. But if you work on them all during the course of 2017, you may start seeing the effects of those things in 2018, which is about the time that a lot of people were predicting maybe we're due for a slowdown. Yeah. So maybe, in fact, m many people are predicting that that slowdown that would have eventually happened has probably been pushed back into you know, a, a later date. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, because if you run a business or you invest in the stock market or you're investing in real estate, you are trying to predict that future, right? And when you add the repatriation, the um, the tariffs on imports, the deregulations, and a, and a reduction in, in corporate tax rates, even if you can get some of that done or he gets some of that done, that would seem to be a boom for industrial real estate. I think it is. <laughs> I mean, it's again, how does it happen and how does it happen? Right. And, 
you know, each uh, individual piece of that is going to take a lot of work and other people will have a hand in it. There's legislation that has to be passed and, you know, each one of the senators wants to have input in that and the congressman. So there's a lot that can happen and, and the courts can tell you you can or can't do things, which we're already seeing. Well, so we're not a political show, but we're most of the people that you talk to in industrial real estate world. Were they doing the Snoopy dance when Trump was elected? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I stayed up all night to watch that that whole process. I thought it was a historic moment, and yeah. I can't remember the last time. It was probably in college. The last time I <laughs> stayed up all night to watch something, <laughs> uh, but it was uh, uh, it was a remarkable thing. The the first thing that happened was the stock market just tanked. And then the very same day, it turned around and went the other way. Yeah. And it's been on a tear ever since. And we're sitting in you know, February of 2017. The election was in November. And it's been doing nothing but go up. So you know, there, uh, some of it is unleashing what they call animal spirits uh, in the economy. And they have been subdued for quite a while. Uh, they are based on the idea that all the things that have been talked about and promised during the campaign will actually happen. And with a Congress that is the same party, we actually have a very high probability that we're going to get tax reform, we're going to get deregulation of various sorts, and we're going to get um, uh, you know, some sort of a change in the, the health care. So we've got a, a lot of things that are major adjustments in the economy that are all probably going to have a positive effect on uh, business. Well, the people in the industrial real estate world that you get to talk to a lot, the companies, the owners, the, the people in, in your world... What, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are like, were really saddened by his winning the election. A lot of people are very excited. What would say? Would you say is the percentage of people in the industrial real estate world that were happy versus people who were like, what? Trump's our president? <laughs> well, I think your job, if if you're a business person, um, you, you have your personal. Everybody has the right to vote. You have yeah. your own opinion, and, and some people are excited. So, what your job is is to plan for the environment that exists now. Yeah. And I think that's what I see a lot of people doing. I do see people, there were a number of people that were you know, very strong supporters and very excited. There's some people that went into a state of depression and yeah. <laughs> shock and dismay. Yeah. You know, and that's you know, the, kind of the mood of the country right yeah. now. But yeah. somehow or another, we have strong institutions and we're a strong country and we got good, uh, good fundamentals. Uh, we will figure out how to do it. And I think that's the job of the business people is to say, okay, the environment is about to change a little bit. Let's plan for that. Yeah. And I think an economy that's growing at more than 2% will generally be good for industrial real estate. Yeah. The other thing about that that really a lot of people aren't talking about is if you increase from where we are right now, you increase spending and you lower tax rates, that usually results in a deficit. Uh, that's that's the, the math. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you do, and you keep pushing along that path, at some point in time, you probably are going to stimulate, both from the deficit and from the speed of the economy, more inflation. And that's actually not all that bad a thing for real estate if inflation includes the value of your properties. But it also will push up the, you know, the cost of interest, which is a major component in you know, the industrial Actually, any real estate project, interest is a factor. Yeah, well, that's those are good points, and that's why I was wondering about the people that you talk to every day. How many of them were a little concerned about that and uh, not? So let's look at another factor. It seems like one of the easier things that he might be able to do from the economists I talk to is maybe to reduce personal tax rates. Well, 
Americans, I think, have proven if they have more money, they're going to spend more money. <laughs> and, and, and what you said in an earlier segment about the growth in online sales. So if Americans have more money and they're going to spend it uh, and they're going to do a lot of that online, What's that mean for industrial real estate? I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, that was a softball in the air. Boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we would definitely see that as a positive thing. Yeah. So, well, I was I was asked. I do a daily series. Ask Michael Bull, where I answer a commercial real estate question. I had the, the question a week, couple weeks ago about you know which sector do I believe moving forward be the best sector to invest in? Obviously, you invest based on your own personal and company goals, but just overall general sector, I've said, well, industrial, because of all the things, if he can get any of these things done, and then you just look at the, the regular growth of online sales, you got to look at industrial, the, the future really looks rosy. I, I think it does, yeah. and, and we're, we're pleased by that, because <laughs> that's all we do. You're still doing the, the Snoopy yeah. dance, right? That's, that's, that's what we do. Well, Larry, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being in Studio One. Glad to be a part of it. All right. Well, thank you for being with us on the radio stations, on YouTube, or the show website, and thank you for sharing the show on your social media. Until next week, no, wait, next week, i got to tell you about this show. Our show's going to be, whoa, I should have covered that in the lease. You don't want to miss that. Till next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us for Atlanta's Commercial Real Estate Show. Brought to you by Bull Realty Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Apto, your entire brokerage in the cloud. Excelligent, building data everywhere and get Valuate online investment analysis. For more on Atlanta commercial real estate, visit CREshow.com and click the tab Atlanta.